Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host. It is so good to see all of you. So today is episode 129 and this is going to be part 3 of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, also known as the FBI. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into this puppy. So we're going to talk a little bit about one of its founding directors. And he was in there for quite a while, too long in my opinion, but that was just how things were back then. They did they did not really limit um how long someone was in a job, especially in the in the federal government. There were not um any term limits in terms of who could be director and for how long. So, you know, this was something that was created, and so they were learning that hey, we need to limit this stuff. So, one of the original directors was J Edgar Hoover. And he was the FBI director from 1924 to 1972. So it was almost 50 years, so it's about 48 years of service. Um he was there when it was the BOI, the DOI and the FBI. Uh some of the good things that he did was he was uh chiefly responsible for creating the Scientific Crime Detection Laboratory, also known as the FBI Laboratory. And that was officially opened in 1932, so it goes back quite a ways, which is really awesome. And one of the reasons why he really focused in on this laboratory was he wanted to professionalize the investigations by the government. So that's a really good thing that he did. Um, Hoover, it says, was substantially involved in most major cases and projects that that the FBI handled during his time in the FBI. Um, he was just in their way too long, and so when he passed away. Congress passed legislation that limited the tenure of future FBI directors to 10 years. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. So, you know, Jack Hoover, he did a lot. He he did so much in those years and he served his country for a really long period of time. But unfortunately, the downside of having someone in the same position of power for an extended period of time is that it creates favoritism, it creates bureaucracy, and it's very difficult to identify issues within the agency. Even though they may be doing a really good job at what they do, It makes it very difficult to not tell when something wrong is going on because they may not want to know about it. They may not want to address it, and it might turn into one of those, you know, the the buddy buddy system or the good old boy system kind of thing, kind of like a frat house, you know, like bros before hoes. And again, I don't like that phrase, but that's the only phrase I can think of where it's like they protect each other, not necessarily who they are supposed to protect. Because the FBI has had some issues. Um it's not as bad as other federal agencies. I think all federal agencies are equally um have issues. They're equally responsible for their issues. So I don't think it's one is worse than the other because they have different responsibilities. So um they let's see it says here during the war on crime of the 1930s, FBI agents apprehended or killed a number of notorious criminals who committed kidnappings, bank robberies and murders throughout the nation and they list some of the of the criminals there like one of them is a uh, machine gun Kelly uh Alvin Creepy Carpus and Kate Ma Barker and then Babyface Nelson some of these I have not heard of um it says here other activities of its early decades focused on the scope and influence of the white supremacist group the KKK also known as the Ku Klux Klan and so um what's interesting about that with the with the KKK is that The Ku Klux Klan was founded by Democrats and it, the membership was predominantly Democrats. Now when I say Democrats I don't mean liberals. Liberals are a fairly new phenomenon. Um I would say liberals did really not start to emerge 
would say not till the 1960s or 70s and it's really vamped up or really ramped up here lately in the last 10 years. And so, you know, whenever I'm talking about Democrats from this time frame, it's it's a completely different segment of the population because it's as I've said before in times past, the Democratic Party these days has been taken over by crazy nutbag socialists. And it's really terrible. and um they're very crazy liberals like they're not normal. I miss my normal everyday democrats, but what is sad is that the democratic party had problems even way back um in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Maybe it goes back a long time. And so whenever people say that you know white supremacists are predominantly conservative, that's a lie. That is a flat out lie because it was mostly democrats that were members of the Ku Klux Klan. and um it just seems like these days people are trying to wipe out history erase it and just try and rewrite it and you can't do that because that's lying i mean if it's not okay for people to deny the holocaust and what happened to millions of people being murdered then then we can't you know get rid of the fact that there was a problem with the democratic party uh even going back to when the Ku Klux Klan was very popular and they were hanging and lynching african americans so i would hope that if there are african americans listening to this podcast i hope that you realize that you're just being used by the democratic party you're being used because of the color of your skin so if you really know your history you would know that that the democratic party has not always liked you or loved you if you're african american in fact some democrats hanged you they hanged your people back in the day they lynched you. So I think that's something that needs to be said, it needs to be stated because a lot of times when people think about lynchings, they think it's just white conservatives. That's not true. That is not true. It was predominantly Democrats in the deep south. So you you really need to I just wish more people knew history. I wish more people recognized that white supremacists is not it's not just about political party. it's a how to describe this it's a form of indoctrination and unfortunately within the Ku Klux Klan it was predominantly democrat and there were democratic officials that were actually in that in that group which is really sad and so that really breaks my heart on that because public officials are supposed to stand up and defend everyone if they are a citizen of the United States they are supposed to defend their citizens we're not responsible for foreigners that are here We're not responsible for them like tax dollars and things like that like if someone's here visiting whether legally or illegally we're still technically not completely responsible for them unless a crime is committed against them then we we enforce the law in terms of finding who perpetrated the crime but you know it's one of the things I wish more people were aware of what laws apply to who and actually go back in time and see where did these laws start and did the people that practice these laws actually believe in them because what's interesting about the Democratic Party is they claim to care about African Americans. I don't think they really do because the Democratic Party these days it's been like this for many decades. The Democratic Party is very much for abortion and any kind of abortion like even kill a child after it's born. Well, predominantly abortions are are conducted on African Americans and minorities. It is significantly higher for African American women to get an abortion as opposed to any other race, at least within the United States. So if the Democratic Party actually cared about citizens, it wouldn't be helping to get rid of citizens. 
and also would not be sending millions of dollars tax dollars mind you to planned parenthood and other organizations that do everything they can to try and get rid of the unborn. Now I think more people need to wake up to the fact that you know the Republican party actually cares about people. It actually does. It's just that you know we say things in a very blunt manner. We're basically like the you know even though I'm not a New Yorker, we're basically like the New Yorkers of society. We just say it like it is and most of the time it ruffles feathers and it's just one of those things people need to grow up. You know, there are a great many things that people say that I don't like or may not agree with, but I don't allow it to ruffle my feathers and I don't take it personally. Because if you're taking everything personally, then you're just walking around offended all the time and that's very exhausting. It's very hard on your health. So just FYI be aware of that. So talking a little bit about Hoover, one of the things I don't agree that he did was Hoover began using wiretapping in the 1920s during prohibition to arrest bootleggers. First of all, prohibition was completely stupid. It did not stop people from drinking. It just made people um want to develop different ways of creating alcohol and people need their alcohol. I think people need a glass of wine every now and then, you know, to to chill out. And also, I don't agree with wiretapping. I think that's an invasion of privacy. And there have been several court cases about that. Now, wiretapping, there are things that are legal and things that are illegal. Um, it says after Prohibition's appeal, Congress passed the Communications Act of 1934, which outlawed non-consensual phone tapping, but did allow bugging. See, that's the thing I don't agree with bugging either, because then it's like you don't have freedom of speech, because then you can't freely talk about your life, what you do for a living, and you know whatever the case may be. I've always looked at it this way. I am for law enforcement. However, if they have to break the law to enforce the law, then they're then they're not living up to, to the high moral standard of the badge that they're wearing. They are dishonoring the law by breaking the law. Even though they may be trying to fight a criminal and you know, investigate a crime, doesn't matter to me. Like if we the citizens have to obey the law, then so does law enforcement. But unfortunately, our law enforcement, and mind you, the United States is not half as bad as almost every other country on the face of this earth. The United States does not have corruption like other countries do. We just don't. We don't have tick for tack. We don't have where you can buy public officials off. That happens in Mexico all the time. That happens in um, Jamaica, Haiti. Um, happens in third world countries all the time. Um, happens in communist countries all the time. Although you can't trust a communist as far as you can throw a rock, I mean that's just how it is. So um, it's one of those things you just have to be careful about what, where you put your trust, and making sure that your law enforcement agencies are, are run correctly. Which is why in my previous podcast I mentioned that sometimes agencies go astray because they have wrong management in there. They have people. They have the wrong type of person in a management position because it is a. It's a role of authority. Well, I don't know about you, but I've met a lot of managers over the years. They should never be in charge of anyone. I mean, I wouldn't even have them take care of my cat. You know what I mean? Like, there are just some people that they don't have what it takes to be a leader. Unfortunately, there are so many people that are put in leadership roles that have no business being in that role. So, just FYI, be aware of that. Um. A little bit about national security in regards to the FBI. It says beginning in the 1940s and continuing into the 1970s, 
The Bureau investigated cases of espionage against the United States and its allies. Eight Nazi agents who had planned sabotage operations against American targets were arrested and six were executed. So, you know, that's during wartime type of things. So, war wartime or how to describe this? War crimes are different than other types of crimes. And so it's very important that we go after really bad people that are trying to harm or annihilate the United States and they should be executed. They should get a speedy trial, but they should also be executed quickly if they are found guilty. Cuz I don't think it's appropriate to just keep people on death row for long periods of time, especially if they have committed treason or if they have uh, tried to um or successfully attack the United States. Uh, the United States, excuse me, my mouth is dry. Hold on just a second. We got some rain this morning. here in Oklahoma but it's still very humid and I'm just going oh man the air okay good drink of water all right so anyway i am in favor of executing people that commit treason against the united states i don't agree with just letting them sit on death row for a long period of time and and wasting our time with appeals and things like that because when we know someone's guilty we know they're guilty like when we actually know and i don't mean circumstantial evidence because circumstantial evidence is not evidence because circumstantial evidence means that it can be swayed one way or the other well that's not evidence circumstantial evidence used to never be admitted into court and then stupidly we allowed it to enter enter into our courts and you know that's why we have so many innocent people locked up in jail and or have been executed like i don't think we should execute anyone unless we for 100% know they did it If we don't know for 100%, then we, then we cannot first of all convict somebody and secondly, we for sure cannot execute them. But it's kind of like, you know, with the with the guys that um committed the 9/11 attacks, we knew they did those attacks. And we knew who orchestrated it like 100%. Like when we started investigating it and things like that, you know, we knew. There was no doubt who it was, we knew their names, you know, things of that nature. It's completely different if you don't have a clue. But in that particular instance, we knew exactly who it was, who perpetrated the crime, we had evidence of it, and we knew who orchestrated it, and that those people got what they deserved because they they murdered a lot of Americans and that is completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. Um so let's see here. We're talking a little bit next about the Japanese American internment now. I'm kind of iffy on this. Okay, so here's why. So I understand why they interned uh Japanese Americans. I just don't agree with how they did it. They basically put them in makeshift uh concentration camps here in the United States. Except they were not exterminating them um like the Nazis. You know, we were in a world war and it was a very unique war. It was unlike any other war we had ever been in. and we were brutally attacked by the Japanese. So, unfortunately, I don't think all of the Japanese that lived here in the United States retreated very well during World War II, much less after World War II. Because during the Japanese uh, American internment situation, which it says here Jake Hoover was against this, but uh President Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt he completely ignored um Jag and Hoover's request to not do this and uh the government executed um executive order 9066 
which, which was the authorization of the removal of Japanese Americans from the West Coast. So here's the thing. If it had been me back then, and I was investigating this stuff, I would have been more concerned with people to immigrate over here from Germany. Because there were way more people that were planted here in future, past generations that were German that very much wanted the Nazis to annihilate a lot of people. And they wanted Nazi Germany to win. And they wanted the, the United States to be an ally to Germany. That was way more common during World War II and pre-World War II. There were not very many Japanese Americans that were for Japan. If anything, Japanese Americans, during this time at least, were, were way more loyal than German citizens that were living here in the United States. You know, Japanese Americans were way more loyal to the United States than people of German heritage. So I think it's kind of one of those things, you know, you know we can look back and say, oh, I would have done this if it was me, or they should have done this, but... You know, again, it was a different type of war. It was a different time. And the United States had been bombed by the Japanese. So we, we did what we had to do. I just don't agree with how these people were treated, per se, because most of them were American citizens. And most of them had been here for several generations, like their families. What really sucks about the Japanese Americans that were interned in American concentration camps was a lot of them lost their businesses. Either A, when they got out of the camps and went back to their homes, either squatters had taken over their homes or squatters had taken over their businesses or it's like they were not allowed to move back into their homes and it's like no one wanted to do business with them after the war was over. So what's interesting is that the FBI had the responsibility to help intern these people and to monitor this. But then after the war was over, the FBI had to help Japanese Americans be protected from hostile communities. So it's one of those things that that's a very interesting role where law enforcement initially is having to basically lock all these people up And then once the war is over, help them transition back into their regular everyday life and not be attacked by anyone in their community that's being hostile to them. So that, that's a big concern, big concern. And it wasn't just Japanese Americans that had to deal with that. There were a lot of um, Germans, Poles, Czechs that lived here in the United States. That after World War II was over, there were so many of them that they were Americans and they lived here. You know, the Poles, Germans, Czechs or whatever. But there were so many people that were so angry at what the Germans did that they didn't want to do business with anyone that sounded like they were German or looked like they were German. And so there were a lot of Europeans that lived here in the United States post-World War II. They could not hardly find work. And they were mistreated as well. So it's one of those things I just want to remind people that when a war is over, it's over. This type of discrimination is not acceptable. And this kind of discrimination even happened after the Civil War. The South was continuously punished after the Civil War. I mean, probably for, man, almost 100 years. I mean, it, it was a long time. It took a long time for the South to recover from the Civil War. 
And they were very much mistreated after that. And, you know, there were several public officials that said, hey, the Civil War is over. The South is part of the United States. Stop treating them horribly. We need to move forward. And there were actually uh, several presidents of the United States that said that. One of them was uh, President Lincoln. So for those that say that President Lincoln was a horrible president and are trying to knock over his statue and destroy every good thing he did, you're a moron and an idiot. You know, it was a white Republican president that that basically freed the slaves in the south. because he disagreed with slavery. And there was a war over this. So, you know, it really does matter where we have our kids educated and who is educating them because if people are going to try and deny history, I mean, you know, I think you need to see a psychologist because you know, one of the telltale signs of mental dysfunction especially emotionally and psychologically I would say is to deny the facts just all the time cuz to deny the facts is to lie about the facts because you're not wanting to face reality unfortunately we have what's called a, a woke culture I don't even understand what that is I think it's dumb I think it's ghetto trash these stupid words I'm just like you know what we have an american culture not a woke culture, not a racist culture. We have an American culture. Why? Because we are Americans. And we have a wonderful history. We have a wonderful country. We ended slavery in the United States. We did not start slavery here. Uh Spain, I think Spain was the initial um country that brought uh slaves here. It was also the UK, the United Kingdom. The United States was not even a country when slavery was brought to the United States. And another thing, the Native Americans that lived here before the colonists arrived, they had slaves. So I think, you know, it's better to actually know your facts than to completely deny the facts or to be completely ignorant of it. Cuz what I've noticed is that We have some really weird people in our society. They just want to completely obliterate history. I'm like, okay, are you going to act like a Nazi and just burn all the books? I mean, if you're not a Nazi, then don't go burning our books. Don't go denying history. You know, the United States is one of the few countries that actually defends human rights. And whenever there's a problem on this planet, people cry out to the United States. If we're such a horrible country, why would people come to us for help? If we were that evil, why would anyone try and come here illegally? Like I don't know of anyone. I've never heard of anyone trying to get into Iran illegally, trying to get into Russia illegally. I've never heard of anyone trying and get into North Korea illegally or Venezuela. I mean, think about it. People go where they want to be happy where they know they can be safe 
So for me, I hardly ever listen to the news. Like if I was busy listening to the news, I wouldn't be doing this show. But I don't care to listen to the news because most of the stuff that's on the news is lies. And it's ridiculous. It's like, you know, as Americans, you know, I think actually I think the entire world has the right to hear the truth. Because I think one of the biggest problems with our planet is we have leaders in charge of countries they don't want their people to know what's actually going on. And the United States is one of the only countries where we have tremendous amounts of freedom of speech even though it's under attack by the liberal left even though it's under attack in terms of limiting freedom of speech we still have way more freedom of speech than the majority of the planet. And that just doesn't happen overnight. Our founding fathers and the original colonists and the original Americans of this country fought for those freedoms. So I think we owe it to our founding fathers and our ancestors to speak the truth and to honor our history and to honor our heritage because if we do not, we have totally missed the mark and we're not being a good country, we're not being a good society. So if we have a choice and we do have a choice, We should choose to be good, not evil, because I personally think it's evil to lie, to wipe out your history, to rewrite your history. Your know, history is not something that you can just make it what you want it to be. That's called spinning a lie. History is just the facts. Your know, history, you know, let me put it this way. Let's say let's say you're born in 1973. If you're acting like these crazy liberal nutbags or the woke culture or whatever, or morons and idiots, if you're acting like them, then they would want to obliterate the very date and time that you were born and lie about when you were born, where you were born, and like you would not exist. And if you did exist, They think they have the right to determine when you were born, how you were born, and who you belong to, and what sex you are. That's what I mean by this woke culture, this crazy liberal nutbag culture is evil. You can't change when you were born. You can't change how you were born, where you were born, and technically you're not supposed to be changing your sex because you are who you are. But if you're living a lie, then it's like all truth, all all morals, all values, all integrity, all morality goes out the window. How about instead of throwing away the good, we throw out the bad? And the way I live my life is anything outside of the goodness of God, I don't want it. Because I know my heavenly Father loves me, and he doesn't want me to to believe this stupid woke culture bs excuse my language because it's destroying our society little by little and sometimes it picks up speed you know, god doesn't want us to have friction within our country he wants us to be blessed but how can our society and our culture be blessed if we're trying to obliterate the past and deny that you know certain people are you know weren't born or that 
you know, we don't want to acknowledge that someone was president way back in the day or that they served in office or their name is on a street. I'm just like, you know, are we going to rename streets every time there's a new official in office? I mean, this is so dumb. Like I wasn't a huge fan of when President Obama was president, but you see here's the thing, just because I didn't vote for him or I don't agree with hardly anything he did, I still respected him and his family because I was first of all, that's just what you should do as a human being. Number 2, if you can't respect the person, then you respect the office that they're serving in and I will always respect the office of the United States, the president of the United States. Because I know my country doesn't belong to one person, it belongs to all of us. because we are one nation under God. A nation means you have many people under one flag. So I encourage you, buy an American flag. Have it waved in front of your house or right outside your apartment door or off your balcony and just be I hate to say grateful because I've heard that word misused so much in times past, but Let me say this. Give yourself a chance to be happy in the United States. Give yourself a chance to be blessed in one of the best countries on the face of this earth. Cuz technically the United States is the first of its kind in terms of countries in the entire history of this planet. No other nation has existed or survived like the United States. It just hasn't happened. We are the one and the only. I would think that would make us pretty special and unique because we are. Cuz we are one of the few countries that stands up to evil every day, 24 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I can't think of any other country that does that. The UK doesn't do that. Australia doesn't do that. Canada doesn't do that. Gee, why? They're socialist. They're socialist. Socialists do not stand up when it matters the most. they sit down when it matters the most whereas americans we get up we stand up that's what it means to be a citizen of the united states so for anyone that's listening to this podcast and if you don't like the united states i've said this before in other podcasts if you don't like it here fine get on a plane see you what want to be you like just leave this country if you don't like it Let's no, I mean not let me put it this way. Choosing where you want to live is a lot like friendships. If you don't like who you're around, get new friends. If you don't like where you live, move. I'm still waiting for Rosie O'Donnell to move to another country. I'm still waiting for is it Whoopi Goldberg or all these other elitist, you know, Hollywood stars or something they said oh if so and so ever became president I would leave they never left they never left why because they love money it's called greed they know they can't make this kind of money in other countries because other countries wouldn't take them seriously and the reason why other countries wouldn't take them seriously is because they see how much they detest and hate the United States and like hey you know it doesn't really make sense to detest and hate the very country where you make millions of dollars a year. People don't respect that. 
People do not respect haters because they know they're not loyal and they know they're not truthful and they also know they're not good workers. That's why these people that still live here but yet said, "Oh, I'm going to leave if so and so becomes president." They're here because of greed. There's no other explanation. Otherwise, they would have left. But I guarantee you the these elitist movie stars or Hollywood people They couldn't make that kind of money in other countries that they do here. It just wouldn't happen. So I'm still waiting for them to get on that jet and leave. Still waiting, because you know what? We don't need negative people in this country. I think we have enough negativity as it, as it is, and I think a lot of this negativity comes out of Hollywood. I think it comes out of the entertainment industry, because too many people. put too much emphasis or too much credit given to the the movie industry and to the entertainment industry they act like they know everything why would you take advice from a movie star like who are they i mean really i mean unless you know them personally and they're like your mentor and they know you and love you i mean like like i just don't understand how people confuse glamour with intelligence There's a lot of stupid people in Hollywood. In fact, most of them are morons and idiots. They're they're idiots. A lot of them are socialist democrats and they're liberals. But yet they make a lot of money. And then try and tell us what to do with our money and our jobs and our states and our cars. Our houses, our jobs, our healthcare. That's the elitist socialist mentality. I mean, do you really want Hollywood in charge of your life? They're not going to, you know, be letting you live in their house. You kidding? They're going to put up a gate that's probably, you know, that could probably electrocute you. Like they don't care about people. I'll give an example. Like during COVID-19 when the country was shut down, I don't know of any movie stars or Hollywood people that actually let other people live with them, like the homeless or something. But yet there's that phrase we're in this together quote. I'm like, "Really? Did Hollywood open up its houses to, you know, people that lost their homes? Did they let homeless people live with them? No. No. They didn't. I don't know of a single one." See, that's the lie in liberalism, socialism, and the Democratic Party. They claim to care about other people, especially poor people and so-called disadvantaged people, but when it comes down to it, they don't care to help them out at all. As long as they've got their goods, their millions of dollars, their fancy house, their fancy cars, they don't care about other people. See, they live in this kind of self-revolving um very isolated nucleus I guess you could say It's kind of like well I've got everything I want but I think you people don't know what you're doing so I'm just going to lecture you on how I think you should live your life but I'm not actually going to help the weak the poor the oppressed those who have been beaten those who are ill those who are dying And what some of these elitists will say is they'll say well I have a foundation really did you know that most foundations 
are just where rich people hide their money. Because if you can just set up some charity shop and make it seem like you care about the disadvantaged in your community, you can hide a whole bunch of money there. It's almost like an offshore account, but it's in the United States. Because it's quote unquote a charity or a non-profit. Really, if it's non-profit, then how come they make profit? See, it's a scam. It's an absolute scam. But we're going over a little 30 minutes and the landscapers are outside, so you're probably going to hear a lot of ruckus out there. So I'll go ahead and end today's podcast. But as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Still hold